Hello, people, and welcome back to the Metropolitan Culture Corner. Once a month, I have the pleasure of going behind the scenes with one of the super cool individuals who helps to make the local arts and culture scene so diverse and inspiring here in beautiful Barcelona. This month, we speak with Karen Holiday. Karen was born in the UK, but she has lived in the Barcelona Barrio of Poblesec for the past 27 years. She has a passion for traveling the world, a passion for helping people, and she never, ever stops doing either of those things, not even during the pandemic, when most people were at home learning to bake bread or do pilates or whatever, Karen was finding ways to give back to and inspire the local community in all kinds of ways. She is the president of the Barcelona Women's Network and is involved in a variety of nonprofit organizations, both here and abroad, specifically in Africa. I could talk for hours about all the amazing things that this woman does and has done in her life, but I would rather let her tell you herself. Please welcome Karen Holiday to the Metropolitan Culture Corner. My advice to anybody would be, irrespective of where they live, follow that dream. Aim for the life that you'd really like to have. If your plan changes along the way, so be it. But if you don't aim for it, you'll never have it and you'll just be full of regrets. And tomorrow is promised to none of us. And I have known enough loss in my life to realize, do it now. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Live it now and do it now and follow the dream. And if you do that anywhere, you've got a better chance of getting where you want to be and being happy. Good to see you. Good to see you too. So I know that you were born in the UK. Before you ended up in Barcelona, you ended up in Paris working in theater, which is an interesting, though not necessarily easy life. So what's the story behind that? I was following a dream, a dream of being an actress. I didn't follow it as early as I wanted to. It's not a dream that most parents prove of, but finally I did and it took me to Paris and I worked in theatre there for seven years. And it wasn't easy, as you say, as you know, being a musician yourself, but it was great. No regrets and it's given me a lot of things that I can still use today. And then what eventually led you to Barcelona after, of course, a lot of stopovers traveling all around Europe? Well, Barcelona actually came first because I did a degree in languages. Spanish was one of them. The university sent me to Barcelona to learn Spanish by teaching English, interestingly. And I just fell in love with Barcelona. It was before the Olympics. It was dirty. There was more crime. It was a totally, totally different city. And it was unlike anything I'd ever known. And I just fell in love with it. And after six months, I said, one day I'm going to come back and live here. But it didn't fit the theatre criteria at the time. And so I went to Paris. But after seven years in Paris, when the acting wasn't quite the dream that I thought it would be, this little voice came into my head and it said, you always said you'd go back to Barcelona. And I thought, yes, why not? And I packed everything I owned in one car and drove down. And that was it. And did you know people here? It was just, nope, going to the city. No, nope. I knew one person here. Somebody I'd met while I was traveling around Europe. And she had said to me, hey, we've got a great connection. If you're ever in Barcelona, come and see me. I did visit her once before moving here, but she was the only person I knew. And in fact, when I arrived in Barcelona to move here, she was leaving. She was leaving on a job. Yeah, that was it. And somehow Barcelona, it was and it still is a place where it's easy to get to know people and to make friends if you put yourself out there. It was then and it still is. What is it that's kept you here so long? Because the city has changed. So what is it that is still special about the city to you, even after all this time? I think it's that Barcelona is very open 
People talk a lot about the local people being reserved, but in fact, for centuries, they've been open to people and the city has been open to people. And coming from a big city like London, living in a almost as big one, Paris, Barcelona was like a village and to me it still is. You can walk down the street in the center of Barcelona and bump into people you know. It's a very compact city and it's full of possibilities and opportunities. There are different possibilities and opportunities than other places. It's a very, very special meeting place for people of all cultures and all disciplines, doing different things. And there is something for everybody. Before Barcelona, after living in Barcelona, you've traveled all over the globe for fun and for work, working on cruise ships, leading African safaris. Are there any particular people or places besides Barcelona that for you really stand out and have really inspired you? Southern Africa inspires me. In fact, it changed my life and my entire perspective on everything. Through the work that I do there, which is for a tour operator, Riviera Travel, taking people there on holiday is one thing, but through that I got to know how local people are. I work a lot with local people in South Africa, Namibia, Botswana, Zambia, the whole of Southern Africa. And the way that they see the world changed me. I later did twice fundraising rally from Cape Town to Mozambique. That totally blew my mind in every way, in the sense that it made me realize that we have so much and there are parts of the world where they have so much less. And we can do an awful lot about that, not just in places like Africa, but even in the communities we live in. And this whole need to do more fundraising and make a difference locally in Africa was kind of born out of my experiences in Africa. Of course, a continent of many countries, it's the South that I work most in, and that's what's really, really inspired me and changed my life. I wanted to ask you about the nonprofit work you do there. And I was reading up on your experiences in this 9,000 kilometer charity drive, the Foot Foot Rally. I know you did it, I think it was in 2016 for the first time and then repeated it with a group of friends, the hot chili chicas. So rather than try to explain this story myself, I'd rather you tell me a little bit more about the experience that you mentioned, what that was like and why it became so important to you because there's other ways to fundraise, you know? <laughs> that just sounds like such an adventure. <laughs> Yes, uh, that's a very good point. There are other ways to fundraise, but the Put Foot Rally started for me in 2015 when a South African friend of mine asked me if I wanted to be part of it. It was set up uh, by three South Africans in 2011. They traveled a lot within Southern Africa and they realized that in rural schools, in very poor areas, and I'm talking not just South Africa, but Zambia and other countries, neighboring South Africa, that the children had immaculate uniforms to go to school, because that's very important for them, but they had no shoes. So they set up the rally as a fundraising, not a race, but really full of camaraderie and solidarity to raise money to have shoes made in South Africa that we would take with us on the rally. And then we would go into schools that had been set up in advance Every child's foot was measured. We're talking schools with six to 800 children under the age of 15. And we would take these shoes into the schools and interact with the children themselves. And it's a phenomenal endeavor. Everybody who does it funds it themselves. We start in Cape Town. We have checkpoints in each country that we go through. The rally, as you said, 9,000 kilometers from Cape Town to Mozambique or Cape Town to Botswana, as it actually was in 2016 because Mozambique was too dangerous. 
And the experience of going through very rural areas, spending time with people who really wanted to do something like this was life changing. And when I came back from the 2016 rally, my friends, Julia Fossey and Julie Stevenson, who have their own charity in Barcelona, they were like, we followed you on Facebook, we want to do it. And so we did it again two years later. We actually planned to do it in 2020 as well, but of course COVID hit. I would still do it again. But the experience really is extraordinary because of what you see and the perceptions that it changes and the good that it does. Yeah, of course. During the pandemic, it was impossible to do all the usual adventuring and traveling that you do. So if I understood correctly, that's when you got more involved with fundraising events for others, for example, which for people who don't know is a local association that supports survivors of sexual violence, specifically women. And a couple of years later became the president of the Barcelona Women's Network, as if you didn't have enough to do, which is involved in all kinds of fundraising, networking, supporting female entrepreneurs. So I know people can look these things up and read about them, but why is the work that these organizations do important on a local level and what have you guys been up to this past year or so? These organizations like ADAS, who was actually a co-recipient of the money we raised in the first Put Foot Rally because we had the choice to raise money for the shoes and also for a local association and we chose this association because they don't receive enough funds from local government. And that's not true only of Barcelona, it's anywhere in the world. The beauty is that now more and more grassroots organizations are helping where government falls short. And that is true with the Barcelona Women's Network, with the different charities that we support. So we always work with very local charities. They have to be based in Barcelona or in Catalonia. Generally, they do support women and children and most specifically ADAS supports women who've been victims of sexual or domestic violence and our current charity ARED supports women who have been imprisoned sometimes because they've been used as drug mules or got into very difficult situations and their only second chance in life and at having a life rather than going back to prison once they're released is being supported by this local association that gives them education that gives them new skills and that employs them in their own industries so that they can then find different possibilities. Why is it important? Because there isn't money for these kind of things from local government organizations. And I think we underestimate how much we can do as individuals. Many people think, oh, well, you know, I'm just one person. What can I do? But the truth is, is that many one people make up an awful lot of people. And many people do want to be part of helping people who don't have what they have. And what I've found in fundraising is give people a chance to do something fun and raise money to help people who have less. And it's a winning formula because we all need to feel that we are contributing in some way. The Fashion Cares event, for example, is just one example of all the things you guys do, but do you find that people get excited about the work you guys are doing from having physically been there rather than just asking them for money? Is it also a way to get people involved in a more long-term basis? Absolutely. Fashion Cares was really the brainchild of Laura Avery, who I should mention here, who's a member of the Barcelona Women's Network. She was in fashion professionally for so many years, and it had many different elements to it. We've run Fashion Cares two years running because it was so successful. As a 
fun event as a fashion conscious in terms of sustainability in the environment event, which is also important, and because it raised money for ADAS. People loved the event, but they loved it not just because of what the event was. They loved it because they became part of doing something that would make a difference to a number of women, local women in this case. And this is part of something much bigger than us. One of my personal aims is to grow things like fashion cares, not just within the Barcelona Women's Network, but to spread this energy of giving back, of contributing wherever these events happen and linking up with other organizations in Barcelona, other women's organizations. Metropolitan is a huge supporter of this to get people involved. Our current charity, Arez, specifically has their own events, so people can also volunteer to help at those. So people can also be active in a practical way if they wish to. And I find that once people get involved on the fundraising passion, if you like, you can't stop because it just feels good to be doing something that matters to other people. And I think that is the key thing. Going and asking people for money, to me, is a waste of time. Yes, you can do it. And yes, some people do it very successfully. But for me, I need to do it in a way that people feel involved by coming to events, by participating in them, by giving their services to them, by just being involved in a very hands-on way. That, to me, is a continuous thing that people will keep wanting to come back to. You can only go and ask the same person for money so often. Speaking of your collaboration with Metropolitan, on May 2nd, don't you guys have an event that you are collaborating on? And also you host monthly events, right? So if people want to come and find out more about the Barcelona Women's Network, about these nonprofits, what projects or events do you guys have coming up? We have monthly events, as you say, and then we have a lot of workshops and different one-off events, like the one on May 2nd, which is going to be hosted by Metropolitan and Jessica Breitenfeld, who's a wonderfully active woman on many different platforms in Barcelona. Barcelona and worldwide. And uh, this specific event is for women, by women. Doesn't mean men are excluded. If they would like to know more, they're welcome. It's about boundaries and how we can manage those. I think that's a human, not just a women's issue. We all find it hard to say no. So we end up saying yes to things that we don't want to. And this is particularly challenging for women and sometimes dangerous for women. So I think any conversation around boundaries for men and women is important. The Barcelona Women's Network is for all women, all nationalities, all ages, any stage of life, any circumstance, who happen to be living in Barcelona or nearby. And the aim really is to be a support network for the women in the organization and also to, as we've talked about, be part of the Barcelona community or local Catalonia community in terms of supporting local people, especially women who are less well off. But the monthly events range from the monthly meeting where we go through what's going on with the club and so on, to which anybody is invited to come and see what we're about. The date varies every month, so it's kind of a check out our website to see when it's happening. And we have cultural outings. We have members who've been in Barcelona for 40, 50 years who know this city really well, get behind places like the Liceo Theatre, cultural visits, which are really interesting. We have, of course, wine tastings and calzotadas. We have book clubs. We have... Art gallery visit 
markets, as well as the fundraising events, which can range from fashion cares to really whatever, whatever anybody wants to come up with. There are so many events, it's impossible to list them all. When people become a member, then we also have a newsletter that we put out every week. We, not expensive to join, cost 65 euros, but half of that goes directly to Arev, our charity. So really something that we all do as volunteers, because we believe that women need to be connected, women need to be supported, and to do that, they need to have loads of fun things to do. Particularly if they're new to the city, they may not know anybody. They might not find it as easy as I did when I came because I was that kind of person but sometimes people's circumstances are different and they find themselves in Barcelona not knowing anybody or sometimes they come to Barcelona with a partner who passes away. We have also women who have been here 30 years and never felt they needed to join an organization like the Barcelona Women's Network and suddenly without a partner they're at a loss. So it's a very enriching experience to be part of the organization and and to connect with female energy, which is so powerful. I'm maybe biased, but I agree. Of course we're biased. We don't exclude men. I should say that many of our activities are bring your partner. We don't want to exclude men. We just feel that there is a space that is needed for women, which is different than the one that men need. And men have their spaces and we need ours. And we combine with men very often. Well, Victor at Metropolitan, of course, a huge supporter of our network for years. But we just provide a space for women who need women's energy and sometimes to talk about women's things. I don't want to come across as promoting BWN from a you have to join point of view because people can come and see what it's about and they join if they want to be part of it or not. And all our charity events in any case are open to everybody. It's just nice to connect people. I didn't want to skip one thing you mentioned when I asked you about what you have coming up. I think you said you were going back to Africa not too long from now and India, but I don't know any details about these trips. So is this for fun or is this something that you'd like to mention to you about projects you have coming up? Well, a big project that we have coming up is Africa. It's going to be our next big, big fundraiser. Fashion Cares, we always have January, February, beginning of the year. Africa will be in the autumn date, venue, and all the plans to be revealed. And it will be about showcasing the continent and people from it and people who play that amazing music, the dancing, the singing, the colors, every aspect of Africa. We kind of want to put together a really, really fun event, but we will be announcing that. And then we'll want to do the same with India. We've got a few experts in India with us as well in our organization. So those are going to be the big fundraisers coming up. And in the meantime, I would say we have so many events People can come to any of them and see what we're about. If anybody is interested in knowing more about anything that I'm involved in, then please get in touch. Well, thank you so much. That's it. Thank you so much. <laughs> She's just so fun, right? The world needs more positive people like this woman. Thank you for watching. And remember to tune in next month to see what surprises we have in store for you. You just never know who you're going to run into on our monthly behind the scenes interview series. In the meantime, don't forget to check out three years worth of MCC interviews on the Barcelona Metropolitan YouTube channel, or you can listen to them as convenient podcasts on SoundCloud. See you right here. Same time, same channel next month. Can't wait.